show is brought to you by MillenniLink, where talent and digital transformations intersect. Hello, Brittany. Jess Devine, what's going on? What's going on is I've received my maybe sixth or seventh text message from uh, people complaining about the way I absolutely downright butchered Joaquin Phoenix's name on Tuesday's episode. So my apologies for continuously throughout the episode calling him Joaquin. It is actually Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Man, you how you pronounce some names, I'm like, huh, is that a Canadian like accent maybe <laughs> look it's the canadian pronunciation we just say it differently there but it's just terrible i brit and i take so much time putting this show together like why i don't take the extra two minutes to just google the pronunciation and i've been told that before on other things and i'm like oh whatever i'll figure it out but the amount of uh feedback i got from this particular episode i will now be definitely investing the time on pronouncing google translating from, it google translating it each and from every english time. to english <laughs> from canadian to american <laughs> So once again, we are so excited for Joaquin Phoenix and his new baby River. Um, all right. So you look like you have a bit of a glow on. The teeth are white. The eyebrows are freshly done. The hair has got a nice blowout. Is that for the trip coming up with Trader yes. Joe? So tomorrow we go on a little getaway. Where are you guys going again? We're going to Hudson, New York. Oh, I knew that. Yes, yes. So it's his idea, which is pretty cool. I didn't have to initiate that because I'm always the planner in every situation. So it's I'm excited. Yeah, my friend Sasha did like the uber fancy trip up there. Like upstate again for people who aren't from here is like is like Soho Farmhouse, like glitzy, glamorous sort of vibes, right? Which is so funny because I grew up in upstate and I was like, oh, get me out. Like this is not (laughs) cool. And then like my friends like celebrated their 30th birthday literally 15 minutes away from my house i'm like what what is this is that really cool yeah 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 yeah. rhinebeck hyde park um yeah we're going to hudson which is like not too far away uh like half an hour Eh, that's a lie half an hour to hour away from my house um but it'll be cool we're gonna go apple picking canoeing Hiking. Canoeing. You sound like Charlotte on Sex in the City. <laughs> canoe. Trey, you love to sail. Why don't we call it the canoe? <laughs> so I'm like currently having the toilet paper in between my toes right now. Oh, good. I just got my mani pedi. Okay, yes. so what's your get before a trip? Everyone has a routine. What's your like? Just so all the men that listen to the show know how much time and effort women put into looking good for you. So what is your getting ready routine? Um. So first, I need to make sure in the colder months like now, I exfoliate. Fully shave. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I have lasers, so it's not that bad. And then I do at least two nights of self-tan. And then I usually get my eyebrows done, but my lady is not open yet. So we're going to bypass that. So I'm glad that they look pretty good. Yeah, they look good. And then I got my nails done, my toes done, made sure my feet were scrubbed extra hard so they're nice and soft. And then popped on some Crest white strips. And, and looking I'm ready good. to go. Why don't you just get a spray tan? Why do you do this? I don't. I never get people who do self-tanner. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. Like, I feel like a self-tanner is such a commitment. And this is just like a nice, like, very subtle glow. Yeah. Like, yours looks beautiful, too. I've had a few um, deep sprays before. <laughs> and just like, whatever. Like, it's uh, when we go to a wedding next weekend or next month, I'll get a spray. But this is just like low commitment. I'm a little spotty, but it's okay. And we're you just going to roll with it. You look good. So you you definitely invest in that. So what do you do? I feel like you have a, like an Uber routine. No, same as you. I do the brows. I do the, I usually do spray tan for a trip. Um, I don't know. My big thing is shopping. Like I don't, I love shopping, but I don't shop just to go like look at new skirts. Like 
I go for purpose. So if I was going on a trip like that, I'd be like, okay, I need one fall outfit day. I need a canoe outfit. I need like a hiking, hiking outfit. outfit. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually me. So I ordered a bunch of stuff online. And of course, like I am so last minute to not coming in time. So last yesterday in between my workout and meetings, I was like running store to store. I'm like, I need the gray long sleeve of the cropped shirt here. And then I need this gold ring here. And I was like running like a maniac. I was sweating my face off. And but luckily I got it. So let's talk about how Trader Joe got his name, because I was super (laughs) excited when we were out for dinner and I did a deep search on him and found out that I used to work for one of the hedge funds that he was at. So, oh, my God, what a small (laughs) world. I I know. (laughs) Well, honestly, I'm always pretty private. I think we're both pretty private on like when we date, who we date. um, And we're general. At least I'm not ever in like a serious relationship. So just to not make things too serious. I felt like it was really fun for us to channel the call her daddy nicknames and call them Trader Joe and producer Pete. Look, if Alex Cooper can do it, then so can cake for breakfast. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I want to spend a minute talking about our sponsor, MillenniLink, and why you should keep them in mind for your tech and IT hiring needs. These guys are all star recruiters out of Canada. As American-based companies in the work-from-home era, we can use the service to hire tech and IT professionals while paying 75 cents on the dollar for top talent. Canada is a global leader in attracting tech and IT talent, with Toronto especially ranking up there with quality standards consistent with Seattle and New York. Tech talent can be hard to find as everyone is hiring like or niche skills. So why not tap into some new pools of talent, especially if you've noticed a shortage in your market due to high-skilled immigrant H-1B visas being restricted. You have a large pool of experienced professionals who have been educated, trained, and are accustomed to regularly working in the U.S. In this new normal, everyone from finance to healthcare, entertainment to retail are upgrading their digital infrastructure to stay competitive, not to mention even fitness, right? So if you are not, then know that your competitors are. There are new software systems to implement, digital ways to engage with your customers, work from home technologies, and much more. An array of things you probably have not even thought of for your business. So shoot them an email or give them a call at 1-647-643-6100. Or shoot them an email at www.millennilink.com dot com slash contact dash us and you will find all this information in our show's bio welcome to today's episode of cake for breakfast cake for breakfast is a mix of the news you need biz stocks and tech and the news you want celebs gossip and beauty welcome to cake for breakfast today on the show we're talking call her daddy drama the race to black friday and lvmh files a countersuit against tiffany Call Her Daddy drama continues, but this time it is between the host, Miss Alex Cooper, versus the one and only Sean Avery. Oh, he's so hot. He he's is Canadian, so hot. Right? And he's Canadian. He's a former NHL player. Alex loves NHL guys, so I just feel like this is like the perfect marriage for drama here. So if you've been listening to Call Her Daddy lately, Alex talks a lot about the construction going on in her apartment building, and we've just found out that the apartment that is causing all the commotion for the, what, like 10 million uh, Call Her Daddy listeners each week, it is Sean Avery who is creating all these problems for <gasps> for the show. Wait, I wonder how that connection was made. That is crazy. I hate to take a side or form an opinion on this story because oh, to be really? quite trans... I'm totally Team Alex. Well, to be quite transparent, I've reached out to both of them to come on our show 
And I don't want to like, you know, ruffle any feathers. But yeah, <laughs> quite honestly, I agree with you. I'm sort of team Alex on this one as well. On it, I had a neighbor who lived in the building next to me who decided to build an apartment on top of my building for the last year. And it was so annoying. There's always noises. There was always guys up and down our building. It was horrible. And that was when I was like going into the office. So to hear how she's doing a podcast in her apartment while that's all going on, that I just would go crazy. Yeah, I sort of agree with you. And like Sean isn't even living at his place right now. Him and his supermodel wife, um, Hillary Rhoda, who I love. Like, is she not the prettiest girl She's in the world? Beautiful. Yeah. Oh She's beautiful. Oh, my God. I love her eyebrows. <laughs> eyebrows. I love her um, athletic sort of vibe. That's her whole look in modeling. Um, but they like rented this beautiful West Village um, townhouse looking, you know, it looks bigger than an apartment. So they're not even there. And honestly, the worst thing about living in New York City through this whole pandemic is not like the restaurants being shut down, not the clubs, not the shopping. It's having to live and both work in like your single space apartment. Like that's been real. That the, Honestly, the suburban people won the pandemic. Yeah, I get it. But she's also spending like $10,000 a month on her apartment for a two bedroom. So I feel like her setup might be a little bit different than ours. <laughs> yeah, than most people's. I mean, she's got the two bedroom. I think it's two or three baths. We all saw it in her video vlog tour. Like she's got a great place. She brought She's making 500 grand now, as we all know Damn. from the drama that unfolded um, on the show. But yeah, it's sort of like they're in a fight about it. And so Sean, yeah, he took to his podcast, did this like 15 minute bit on like, <laughs> Alex, go F yourself. And he has his points too. He's trying to furnish his apartment. He wants to head out, move to LA. But I have to say, like, I literally listened to the construction noise on the podcast last week and it's loud. Honestly, what the real question here is, where is Sophia? Like, have you followed her along ever since her and Alex broke up? She has not posted since I think she posted the Black Square for Black Lives Matter. Before that, it was, you know, March, April. I missed the show. I went back and listened to a couple of them when they were living together. And like that is just raw, authentic friendship, right? Oh. Two girls living together. I did this one episode where it was like, hey, guys, the pandemic just hit in New York. It's kind of crazy. And I'm like, that's like a good memory for, you know, what it was like at the start sort of thing. But she has 800,000 followers. She's still a well-followed girl. Haven't seen her. Haven't heard from her on Dave Portnoy's podcast. He said... Um, that she has not reached out to him or their company once, which I don't really get. I thought that she'd at least go at them, you know, for money or something. He also said that he heard she joined a talent agency. As you guys remember, we reported on that about a month ago um, when I had heard a rumor about that as well. So let's talk about Amazon's Black Friday, also known as Prime Day. <laughs> That's funny. This year's Amazon Prime Day lands on October 13th and 14th, where they are known to offer crazy deals to their Prime members. But what is it on? Is it on? I never take advantage of this, even though I've been like a Prime member forever. But like, what, it, what do we get? What do you mean? It's, you go on to Amazon right. and you have to search. Like, it's almost like instead of getting the listing and catalog of like, here's today's deals. Yeah. Like they'll have it on their main page of Amazon. And do you know it in advance? Like, are you like, oh, do you know the deals or it just happens that I day? I think they, they do some sneak previews, but generally they don't. But you can assume it's usually a lot of technology, TVs, um, laptops, cameras, things like that, um, that you can expect from, you know, like any of the big box retailers that generally discount on Black Friday. They generally focus on those items in addition to some clothing and whatnot that Amazon off also offers. So in an effort to combat Black Friday crowds, Target 
is going to be offering deals to all of their customers on the 13th of 14th of October as well, and made a statement on CNN that you don't need a membership to gain access, aka Amazon. Can I just say that you are, I know big box retailer has been around, that term has been around for a while, but you really coined that term on this show. I like now use it for everything. I'm like, is it big box or is it not? I was talking to my sister and I was like, um, it's big box. It's big box. She's like, what is big? Why do you keep saying big box retailer? I'm like, I don't know. It's just like the new hot term. You're like, I heard on a K from breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> my co-host Brittany was talking about big box. So this is because like- you, <laughs> you think about it, like retail in general is down, right? When you think about like um, Club Monaco. Club Monaco, Banana Republic, Lulu, like all those are down. But big box are like your main anchors when you enter a mall. So you think of Targets or you think of even like Walmarts, their standalones. Mm-hmm. Those are the big box. That's where people are going. Those were like the lifelines of the pandemic. Like I, yes. I was such a Target shopper. I remember when the Target finally opened and like, the heat of the pandemic I was like oh my god this place is amazing like I can buy clothes and makeup it's so interesting I have a target that I grew up near um in upstate New York and I always thought it was like the same thing as a Walmart and whatnot but I've been with a lot of people from the beauty industry recently and they're all trying to get into Target and I'm like when has Target been the Sephora oh like selling their products into Target yeah like trying to sell into it I guess Target is crushing it right now and I think they're almost like you know they're definitely more um esteemed than a Walmart in terms of the consumer who goes there so that's interesting well the amount of money they're putting into e-commerce they're putting behind e-commerce for these big box retailers right yeah, so that's why I think a lot of them are doing so well is because they've already been so equipped to figure out how e-commerce works and how they can get their shipments very quickly to their customers. But what I want to know is how is Black Friday going to be different this year for customers? Because retailers are saying that they're going to offer deals all of November versus just on Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving. And then the week of Black Friday, they're going to offer additional sales to ensure that there aren't crazy lines like usual. And I personally think, especially with everyone going online in terms of businesses offering all their items and inventory online versus in store, I think that however Black Friday goes down this year is going to set the new standard of the Black Friday model for good. Don't you think? I mean, I, I agree. I am a Black Friday shopper. Like I bought like one of those zip up suits and the visor mask. So like I, and I have boxing gloves. Like I am ready to go. I love and live for Black Friday shopping. I remember one year I was in Houston, Texas and I bought like Manolo Blahnik, Manolo, not to butcher, continue butchering words, but Manolo's, let's just stop at Manolo's. Manolo Blahnik. For like a hundred dollars and they were like 85% what? off. Just crazy. Like I love Black Friday shopping. So We'll see what happened. But to roll it back a bit more, honestly, we don't name our episodes like we just like list the headlines that we're talking about in the show, as people know. But if I were to name this episode and what's going on in the world of business right now, it's like it's like business people in a high school lunchroom competitiveness. Like why is Target putting jabbing Amazon (laughs) like on the exact I love the competition, but like why are they specifically like pinning out the exact days of the prime day? I don't quite understand that. They're probably just piggybacking on all the marketing that Amazon's doing for Prime Day. And so people are like, darn it, I didn't get on Amazon. Then they have this alternative to say like, oh, wait, actually, maybe I can get on Target. So they can probably just reap a ton of benefits without spending as much as Amazon to market 
Prime Day. Yeah, everybody needs to get digital in a big way. And because being digital doesn't just mean like having a website. It means like being competitive with the technologies that everybody else is using. And leveraging like now, like before, like product placement in movies, you just put like a Coca-Cola bottle next to the actor and that's like what what made sales. But now it's like, how do you like leverage different influencers who have a similar demographic to your brand and have them use it on their family members when they go travel to the certain destination So or is it on a TikTok or how do we get on the top of Google search? Like there's so many different intricacies of being online that I'm slowly learning as I'm building a DTC brand. But it is very mind boggling just trying to understand every aspect of it. It's all about the money. You just got to keep putting more and more money down. All about the money, honey. (laughs) Speaking of big money, Miss Mariah Carey just released her memoir. And man, this woman has had a tough life like in a glamorous life but a tough upbringing are you a mariah girl so i always love her christmas songs um i think she's beautiful but i also heard she wasn't like the nicest person so i don't know she's like cool but i'm not like a follower yeah she's so the book is called the meaning of mariah carey and instantly when i saw this it just and i started reading about it it gave me Jessica Simpson open book vibes. Now she's from, you got to give a shout out to your hometown because she's she's from upstate. I thought Mariah was like a California LA girl. So but- she's from Long Island. So she's from Huntington, New York, which oh, um, if Long you've Island. heard of Ohika Castle or one of the Jonas Brothers have gotten married, um, Taylor Swift did a music video there. It's like a really cute town, but I guess when she grew up there, it was pretty like seedy. Well, I think she just must have grown up in like a blue collar, not a nice area. So she had a... She had a really interesting background. Her her parents, she comes from an interracial marriage. And, and, you know, back in that time, her mother was completely banned from her family. They had no communication. They cut her off. Like, just terrible, terrible stuff. And Mariah writes in this book about she never felt accepted because, like, her mother's family didn't accept her. Her dad left when she was young. And it was just a really tough go for their family. Her mother, which I thought was interesting, was an opera singer trained at Juilliard. So probably living that very struggling artist life living on the outskirts of of New York in Long Island. So you're close enough to the city, but you can't really afford to be here. And uh, some highlights from her story. Her mother sounded like she had a very interesting collection of boyfriends. One story Mariah talks about is her and her mom were held at gunpoint by one of the boyfriends because they both... Oh my gosh. They wanted to leave and the guy was like, if you leave me, I'll kill you. So just really normal stuff to grow up in as a teenager. And wasn't her brother abusive as well? He was abusive. He was abusive to the point where Mariah, I think he beat the mother. It sounds like he must have had a problem with drugs or something. And Mariah had to call um, the police to come help because the mom, the mother was unresponsive at the time. Wow. So let's get into the real juice of this book and why I think most people are coming to buy it is her relationship with famous ex-husband Tommy Matola. Where Mariah really popped was... Um, around her marriage with Tommy Mottola, who at the time was the CEO of Sony Music Group. Like, he was like the... I don't want to compare him to a Harvey Weinstein, but remember when everybody sort of associated, like, powerful films, you know, around production that Weinstein was behind? This guy was like that of music. Just a very, very prominent figure in the music industry. And so he was known to put a knife to her face while his kids watched because she wanted to leave. And to the point where she always hid a bag underneath her bed in case she found a way to run. Yeah. So he that story was crazy where she was like, I want to go. He took a knife to her face. He's a very famous guy. And he actually tweeted 
um, supporting the book, saying, looking forward to this coming out. And so I'm wow. wondering if he maybe, like, retracted that tweet She's after really, like, he shoot. saw But honestly, that's what's scary is that, like, there's a lot of, like, she was dating a very famous guy who had a big impact on her career. So she couldn't publicly ever talk about it, I'm sure. So I'm glad that these stories are coming out between mm-hmm. her, Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson. All these people are coming out and giving real aspects to what happened in their life because we just see the glamour side of them looking beautiful. And we're like, oh, they have it so easy. They have these big houses. Like, are they even needing to quarantine because their houses are so yeah. humongous? <laughs> and now you just start to learn that they are a lot more relatable than we ever thought. Yeah, that you really hit on the cake in the story, Britt. It's just that uh, you see, and I actually was listening to Heather McDonald's podcast today, who I love. If you like our show, you you will like hers as well. And she had Caitlyn Jenner on, and Caitlyn Jenner said, yeah, Kim Kardashian's the most glamorous thing, and all the Kardashian sisters are extremely glamorous, but behind that glamour was those girls sitting with like a pen and a notepad going into the production company before the season even started, and like, scribbling out plans mapping the whole seasons and like ponytails and sweatsuits like it's for every red carpet the five minutes you see of the red carpet look there's like just so much there's an iceberg of work behind that what i thought was really cute about uh, mariah because i love her christmas songs is that she lives her calendar year from christmas to christmas so sweet right Isn't that so cute <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if she like celebrates with like cookies instead of champagne for new year's well i mean that song defines christmas like is there anything more christmas? christmas yeah there's nothing greater that's gonna be my <laughs> promo song for for the show when we drop it um so we're really excited to read this book i think it's gonna be as good if not better better than jessica simpson's mariah is was a lot more powerful and I think just is a bigger, more famous person than Jessica was. And I really But I will push she's like more public eye, but just was more of like a business girl. Totally. She's ugh, like so successful. So successful with anyways, everything. talking about slab stars. I know you weren't a fan of Lauren Conrad pushing her beauty line during Whitney's podcast interview, but can we just talk about it? Pretty briefly. So Lauren Conrad's new clean beauty line has officially launched nationwide in Kohl's retail location. So why is it exciting? Why is this any different than all the other celebrities that are dropping their beauty lines? (laughs) Good question. So Lauren, first off, has worked at Kohl's for over a decade, launching different categories from clothing to jewelry to bedding. And so this her differentiation with her makeup is that she's offering clean beauty products at an affordable price point to be more accessible. Okay, that's fair. So it's like the whole like you go into Saks and they're like for five hundred dollars, like we pull this off a tree and. Africa and like it's literally the most like cleanest beauty you can have so she's bringing that to a larger scale yeah like when you think about like organic food even right like organic strawberries are generally more expensive than just regular strawberries and that's the same thing when it happens with clean or vegan beauty it's generally a little bit more expensive so I find that this is a really a good opportunity for so many people around like Kohl's is generally more of like a working class um consumer and so for them to be able to have this access big box retailer hey big box retailer we're here for it and so i do hope it does well she is a pretty modern day feminist her husband works for her he was like a prominent lawyer that worked for her when she was i think a character on um laguna beach and then the hills so and she also has a famous quote of when in an interview i think it was for vogue someone asked her what her favorite position was and she said ceo oh that's hilarious <laughs> like i feel like she carries that role at the home because she says you know at the home i'm a wife i'm a mother 
in business like I'm the CEO but this guy she said they bought the house behind them I just can't even imagine how much money she has but they bought the home behind them I think they're in Laguna or somewhere in Southern California there so they cross the street and they run their business out of a home in their backyard essentially wow and so she's someone who yes she might have disappeared after like Laguna and the hills but she has tapped into this like middle America working class consumer between amongst all the different brand launches that she's done and with her different businesses and it is a gold mine like she has really found her demographic and has been able to develop these partnerships over a decade um that I find amazing she's they're known as like this demographic i found out is called like the 30k millionaires where they maybe make an income of like thirty thousand, but they spend and consume products like millionaires definitely a larger a larger she does not she's not selling to the sax crowd or the no that sort of even sephora crowd so the kardashians got their first big paycheck on that Sears deal remember they had the Sears uh it's not Kardashian closet it's something Kardashian and that was that was like early days into the show like I mean Kim had the sex tape she got five million for that and then after that they made the show money they probably had like certain brand deals but their first sort of like big money that they all bought homes on was that Sears collection it it was the Kardashian collection Kardashian collection yes so that was sort of where they came into the real money. Jessica Simpson built a billion dollar business on, was it Zellers or was she Sears too? Another big bucks. Fun fact about Jessica Simpson, according to CNBC, in 2016, she sold a majority stake in her lifestyle brand and Forbes reported that it was then bringing in a billion dollars annually yeah and so that pushed up her net worth of 170 million but do we know isn't that insane but did she have a deal did she have a franchise deal with one of the big box retailers or was she uh was she independently selling that to everybody she was independently i think she also has had different partnerships but it it was a licensing deal i think with um sequential brands got it got it well good on her and i liked her shoes i thought they were cute Yeah, I mean, she started reality TV, too. And that's where, like, I think the demographic naturally from those networks is more middle America or Bachelor Nation. Like, that's also, like, very much middle America. So it was smart for them to align their consumers into the same demographic. And I think I'm going to tap into that demographic, too. (laughs) Guys, here is the breakdown for billion-dollar success in America right now. Either finance or film your own sex tape. Get on a reality show. (laughs) Build that reality show up into something, get in, get a bunch of brand deals and then franchise uh, with one of the big box retailers and boom, you are laughing and then write your book 10 years later and you're just, you're set. That's it. Boom, done. All right, let's switch the gears here over to the luxury world where there is so much drama going on. This is another like high school lunch party. Like it's just getting almost too desperate for me to handle. So this has officially become the most desperate sale in business history. On Monday, LVMH filed a countersuit to Tiffany's in Delaware, stating LVMH continues to have full confidence in its position that the conditions necessary to close the acquisition of Tiffany's have not been met yet. So what does this mean? LVMH is still trying to walk away from that $16.2 billion deal that would have been the biggest takeover deal in the luxury space of all time. Really? Yeah, it's just it's the biggest one to happen yet. So in the suit on Monday, wow. LVMH mentioned that the mentioned the coronavirus crisis like they're acknowledging it. They're saying like, look, this is unprecedented times like we did not factor this into happening. Right. So the merger signed. This is where it all got murky. And we've talked about this situation on the show before. 
um, this we followed the story in the show before. So we just wanted to give sort of like an update because them uh, counter them filing a countersuit sort of adds to the drama going on here. But like Britt and I talked about before, it was signed November 2019. Britt, what was happening in the world November 2019? Not COVID. Not we COVID. <laughs> was crushing it. That's like holiday season. So what does this mean exactly? It means that Tiffany and LVMH sat down at the table and Tiffany's was basically probably saying to them, hey, we're not going to go out and look for another buyer. Like we're committed to you and we have a year to close this deal. More like the buyer LVMH is like, listen, here's a deal. You can't. We have exclusive for the next year. We're going to sign the agreement and assuming all the auditing and all the numbers check out. We are going to have a deal and that had to happen no later than November 24th, 2020. Which is now. And yeah. it, on it, the way I look at this deal, I know we sort of have differing opinions on it. I just think this is the most unlucky deal of all time. Like there could not be a worse moment to sign or a greater moment to sign the deal. But like just too bad it didn't get over the line in like a month or something. It's just it's crazy to me the timing on this. Honestly, I feel like if my biz like Tiffany had a deal on the table like this, I would hold on to it with my dear life because it's going to take years to get the economy back to where it was pre-COVID. Who knows how this is all going to be affecting the Chinese consumer, who is their top consumer for the brand. Mm -hmm. And it's a great deal, $16 billion. I don't think they're going to get that anywhere else. And also to their defense, like especially as you're looking to get a bought out, Generally, there has to be an exclusive rights of a few months. In this case, it was a year. Um, I don't know the specifics of this deal in particular, but generally you say, OK, buyer, I want you to buy us. We'll give you the exclusive for X amount of time for you to have bring in your people, do the audits, and we're not going to actively find new buyers. So mm -hmm. if LVMH already asked them to be exclusive with them and now they're pulling out, they could have easily had someone else last November try to buy them and the deal probably would have already been done. So okay, the I irony, I'm not even this. get into the irony of this. Like it's basically Tiffany's thought they were engaged and then their man like left <laughs> the table. It they, they called, called it off. And the Tiffany's is like, look, I spent a year. I wasn't dating other people. I wasn't looking <laughs> around like I was just sitting oh, there waiting this. on you to sign the papers and like you're not there. But as much as you do want to um, defend Tiffany's and I feel you on this, Brit. Everybody else has been affected by Corona and the pandemic and lots of deals have fallen through. Lots of deals have shifted. And but it was signed. The agreement was signed. It was signed pending, pending certain things. Like it wasn't like they weren't transferring deeds yet and moving money around. They were saying they were engaged. Literally, that's the way to look at this. They were truly there was a ring on the finger. They were engaged, but they had not yet gotten married. Hmm, so we'll see. This is going to court. So it's going to yeah. play out. So we will definitely keep you posted because I think that I'm team Tiffany's. Jess is team LVMH. Let us know what team you're on. But either way, we're going to keep you in on all the cake. And, and to add to my defense, Tiffany's did lose $65 million in Q1. And, you know, if I Damn. were a buyer, I would freak out about that too. But anyways. I mean, if I was LVMH, I'd be trying to run for dear life as well. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like, <laughs> Tiffany's, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so let's see. I'm just hoping that they get the money. But I think that would be a bad Oh, last thing, last thing, last thing to add to it. There was talk of a ton of mismanagement during the pandemic. People were citing the dividend Tiffany's was paying out. And it made... LVMH very uncomfortable because no other luxury brands were doing this. All right. My case is my case is closed. <laughs> All right. Case is done. And the play of the day is a social dilemma on Netflix. 
So this is getting a lot of interesting feedback. This is all about how when you think about Google, Facebook and all these major tech platforms, a lot of these decisions on Gmail and how these platforms were going to operate generally have about 10 coders in the room and they decide how all these platforms are going to operate. But what they haven't factor in is not only is these 10 people, they're basically dictating the entire world and how they experience technology. And it, and it talks about the dangerous human impact of social networking and all these different platforms. Yeah, it's interesting. Definitely has a dark feature to it. It's a little heavy. It's not, yes. you know, light content for the pandemic, but it's interesting. It's smart. It's on Netflix and Netflix does a great job of like these documentary type insider industry insider looks so and my roommate um she's a woman data scientist and she was saying that actually so there was a guy who created gmail another guy who created like the like on facebook that they interviewed um and they've since obviously quit those companies and my roommate um was saying that they're it's also very sexist in terms of how they've developed these platforms because they're not taking consideration like the different demographics or like genders when they've built a lot of these platforms they are it's mostly just a, a group of 10 male coders who are developing basically the future so there's a lot of a lot of really interesting aspects that i've never really thought about when it comes to social media and technology but watch it watch it with your kids watch it with your family watch it with your friends because it leaves for a really good conversation Excellent. Well, I hope everybody has a really great week. Brett, I can't wait to hear about your trip. <laughs> and I'm going to go out and buy the Mariah Carey book right now because I'm excited to learn more about her. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. If you love what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. Guys, we are really trying to get our review numbers up because our download numbers are going up. So we want the reviews to reflect that. It takes literally two minutes. Hit the purple podcast icon button on your phone. It's an app. And just put in a review. You can say, great work, guys. Love the show. Brittany, you're hilarious. Jess, I love you. Whatever you want, just throw us a review. We'll be ever so happy. You can add us on Instagram at girlonthestreet underscore or at Brittany.lo. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot L-O or at Cake for Breakfast Podcast. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cake for Breakfast. And once again, we love our sponsor, MillenniLink. And by using code CAKE, C-A-K-E, as the promo code, you will get 25% off your hiring fees now through Christmas. So just go onto their website, www.millennilink, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-L-I-N-K dot com slash contact dot us, U-S, and you will get 25% off those hiring fees. So reach out, get connected, and achieve your hiring goals now.